Well, good afternoon, good morning, and good evening, whatever time of day it is, you're listening to this program. Welcome to Philadelphia Eagles Talk with Jeff and Philadelphia Eagles fans. How does nine and one sound after a Monday night battle, Super Bowl rematch with the defending champion? I know it's a tough Tough to just even still swallow that after the Super Bowl last year, which was a very tough defeat. But 9-1 as the Eagles persevere and uh, come back from behind uh, from a 17-7 to deficit at halftime to beat the Kansas City Chiefs in Arrowhead, in Kansas City, which is a very, a challenging place for any team to go in and come out of there with a win against the great Patrick Mahomes and Andy Reid and the rest of the crew. But the Eagles did it. They figured out a way to – well, they had a lot of things to figure out at the first half. Uh, and we're going to get into this game um, as Eagles come away with a 21-17 to victory over the Chiefs. And a lot to talk about. So uh, thanks for, for jumping here or – Jumping on, I was going to say, or, you know, clicking on, whatever. Uh, <laughs> tuning in, clicking on to Philadelphia Eagles Talk with Jeff because we're going to go through this game. And I'm going to give you my thoughts on um, what I was feeling, thinking, um, writing, uh, and texting, you know, with uh, other Eagle fans. And um, it was a whirlwind of a game, to say the least. Riding the emotional roller coaster is is what happens in, in most, you know, really uh, when two good teams um, play each other. And obviously, when it's a Super Bowl rematch, um, it's another. I guess it brings to it brings it to a different level. Um, so before I get started, remember you can email the show at petwgp at gmail.com. Let me know your thoughts about this game. Uh, you know, I said that the Eagles needed to find one of these games and steal a win. You may recall me saying that in uh, a recent past podcast. I'm not sure if it was the last one or the one prior, but I definitely mentioned that. I said, you know, with that Jets loss that they had earlier this season, that the Eagles would have to steal one of these games that maybe they shouldn't have won or just to steal a game period just to beat one of these teams that whether it was before the season or whatever when everyone's doing their schedule predictions and you had them penciled in with a loss like I did with this game I uh, when I went through the Eagles schedule this year I had them losing to Kansas City and I said that the after that Jets game which the Eagles should never have lost that game, but they did. Turned the ball over four times and definitely uh, lost a game that they should never have lost. That they would have to come back and somehow win one of these games that you penciled them in for a loss. And for me, I don't know about you out there, uh, I had them losing to the Chiefs in this game. And the Eagles went down there and beat the Chiefs. So they got that win 
They got that game back, in my view. And as I talked about in the last podcast, as tight as this schedule is, uh, and the records are with you know the Lions who scrapped back and got a, a win against the Bears. They were losing uh, late in the game against the Bears. And I was watching that game closely, hoping that Detroit would stumble there and, and Eagles, uh, you know, could remain, uh, you know, a game up, thinking that they were, again, probably weren't going to beat the Chiefs here um, tonight. But after Detroit came back and won, then there was more pressure on the Eagles winning this game tonight to remain that one game ahead. Um, so, listen, I don't want to sit there and say I didn't expect the Eagles to lose this game. I was just making my predictions. Now, uh, I'm going to keep it real on this program and this podcast. That's what you're going to always get from me. Uh, and that's why, you know, I'm not going to predict the Eagles to win every single game if I think they may not win. Um, and that was my thought going into this game. I, of course, I knew the Eagles would play a good game or be a close game. But, you know, it's not a stretch to say that the Eagles would play a close game and probably lose to Mahomes and then, you know, on the road in a very tough environment against the Chiefs. And so that was my, my thought process. And in that first half, let's face it, guys, we all watched the game. The Eagles were dominated in that first half. That score, we were fortunate to be as close as we were. We really were. I mean, let's be real, right? Let's not kid ourselves. We got lucky that Kansas City did not play their A game tonight either, by any stretch. But that first half, I can't recall the last time, I really can't, that the Eagles were dominated on the on the lines. In both aspects, defensive on, on the defensive line and on the offensive line, especially by another team. I, I really can't remember. I, my memory doesn't go far back enough to just be able to pinpoint a game where I remember this team being dominated on the lines like tonight. And it's because the Eagles have most of the time and for many, many years, if not a decade. I mean, it really goes back far. The Eagles usually win the battle of, in the trenches. They may still lose the game sometimes. Or maybe sometimes they do lose the battle in the trenches, but I'm using the word dominate. This is the first time that I've I can recall that the Eagles were dominated on the lines in that first half. Jones was, you know, going right through our line like Swiss cheese. The Eagles gave up five sacks, not in the game. The Eagles gave up five sacks in the first half alone. Five sacks. I can't remember the last time the Eagles gave up five sacks and a half. I really can't. And Eagles have had some bad offensive lines way back in the day. Cunningham and, uh, you know, especially around Jaworski. You know, they didn't have good lines back then. But I can't, you know, and I'm sure they could get sacked more than five times and a half. I mean, I know what happened. But it's been a long time. That's my point. Long, long time. So Hertz was sacked five times in the first half. And Jones was just running right through the line, you know. Sometimes even untouched. Even the untouched route was just mauling his way through. Not a good sign because I never see. I am just not used to seeing that. But that's what was happening. And then defensively, we weren't we weren't getting to Mahomes. We were getting pressure on him, but he was just you know Mahomes is Mahomes. He's such a good quarterback. His pocket awareness is is really really 
elite. Uh, he's just able to just maneuver and just wiggle his way, and then of course he, he you know he'll, he'll run, and he's tough to he's tough to catch once he gets going. But he escaped a lot of pressures and and made the Eagles pay. They just couldn't get him. They were gassed. They were gassed late in the first quarter in this game. That defense by chasing Mahomes around, they really were, and trying to tackle Pacheco, who is a really impressive running back. He's not a star, but he's a guy you just don't want to tackle because he is a hard runner to bring down. I love that guy. I would take him on the team any day of the week. He reminds me of like the uh, Debo Samuel of wide receivers. Debo Samuel. Just a physical, you know, he's going to look to attack you as you're trying to tackle him. That's how Pacheco runs. Uh, I love watching that guy play. Good player. But my point is, you know, the Eagles were gassed by trying to chase Mahomes down. And then they had to, you know, tackle Pacheco, which is not fun. He's a very physical back. He's not even a big guy. It's not like he's Derrick Henry size. He just runs hard. Reminds me of, um, remember Barber, uh, who played for the Cowboys? What the heck was his first name? I forget what his first name was. Um, escapes me at the moment, but his, you know, it was Barber was his last name, and unfortunately, I don't believe he's uh, still with us. I think he, um, I think he passed away years ago at a very young age. But anyway, those of you who remember um, the uh, Barber who played for the Cowboys for a while, very physical back. This is how this guy runs. So he's tough to tackle. Was my point, and he was. The, they were wearing down. Our Eagles defense was gassed. At the end of the first quarter, hands on the hips, running to the sidelines, you know, waving to get somebody else in. They were just exhausted early in this game by just trying to chase down Mahomes and tackling, of course, you know, Pacheco. Um, So those are my initial thoughts as far as the first half. You know, the Eagles were being dominated. They should have been down way more than they were. It should have been 28-7. to Thirty-one to seven really should have been that. That's how much they were being dominated. But Kansas City just was not able to capitalize. They turned the ball over twice in the red zone. Twice. So, um, you know, the Eagles needed to obviously make some, make some changes in the second half, make some adjustments, and that's what you like about this coaching staff. And, and because they clearly did. You know how many sacks they gave up in the second half? Zero. None. You know how many points the defense gave up in the second half? Zero. None. To shut out Patrick Mahomes at home in a half, second half especially, you got to be impressed by that. Yeah, did they get, you know, were they fortunate that, Scandal and drop that touchdown pass? Absolutely. But those type of things happen. And you put yourself in a position where you got to force their guys to make plays. Mahomes put a great pass and he he dropped it, you know. And I was texting, um, I was texting out saying, cover, I don't care if you got a triple cover him, double cover him, cover Kelsey. You know, that last drive that, you know, when Kansas City had the ball with six minutes left and they were down finally in the game. The Eagles had just taken the lead, like six minutes left or so in the game or whatever it was. Uh, and I just said, double, triple, whatever you do, do not lose. Do not let 
Kelsey beat you. He's their best player. He's the go-to guy. Obviously, we know that Mahomes goes to. I've seen it so many times where the Chiefs go down and it's Kelsey time. And the Eagles did. I mean, they did exactly what I was hoping they would do. They tried to take Kelsey out. He did get a couple catches in that, you know, those last couple drives, but they contained him. It wasn't Kelsey, Kelsey, and it wasn't deep Kelsey plays. It wasn't big Kelsey plays. It was like a six, seven yard pass. No big, no big deal. You know, you got the time on your side in those drives because, you know, the time's running out. So they did exactly. I give him credit. Sean Desai, whoever it was defensively, you know, got to give him credit. He's in the DC. He made the right decision. Cover Kelsey. We're going to not let Kelsey beat us here. Let one of these other guys, wide receivers beat. If you're going to lose, you're going to lose to one of those guys, not Kelsey. They took away his, the best player. It's like that's a one-on-one a defense. That's what Bill Parcells used to do. That's what Bill Belichick did when he was defensive coordinator and, and did as head coach. Not going to let the number one guy, not going to let the star player beat you. Let one of these other guys beat you. That's what I was texting. I was texting out during that drive. Cover Kelsey. Do not let him beat you. Let one of these other guys beat you. And guess what? The other guys, one of those other guys, Scanlon, had a chance to beat you, and he drops an easy touchdown pass. What a throw by Mahomes. I mean, Mahomes is great. The more you watch Mahomes, he's such a great quarterback. And I'm not going to sit there and spend a lot of time. Everybody knows how good Mahomes is, or you should. If you don't think he's a good quarterback, then you don't know football. Patrick Mahomes is a great quarterback. There's a reason why this guy wins all the time. And he's already won two Super Bowls. Unfortunately, one against us. He really shouldn't have won that one, but you know what? I'm not you can't dwell on it anymore. It's a new season. But regardless, Mahomes is a great player. Great, great player. And a great leader. And he never gives up. He's got great pocket awareness, great arm. He can scramble. He can do everything. He's that good. Um, and it's hard not to like that guy. I watched this after, you know, his post-press uh, conference after the game, post-game. He says all the right things. You know, he really does. Um, he didn't complain. He didn't whine. He didn't say, you know, this, that, or the other. He didn't throw his wide receiver under the bus. He's just a very – he's a, he's a – I like I like Mahomes. It's hard, again, it's hard not to like him. Um, so, resilience. That's the word for this game. Resilience. The Eagles are a resilient team, and they were super resilient in this game. A lot of teams would have gotten down to Mahomes and down in this environment, which is a very good crowd. That Kansas City crowd does rival, you know, our Eagles, the link crowd. They do. That is a very loud, in-your-face type of crowd. Now, nobody will ever surpass, the, our, you know, us in the, the link. But they're damn close. And uh, Sirianni said it, too, at the post, uh, his post-game press conference. And I agree. You know, that is a close second. That is a very tough place to play. And they were amped up. That crowd was into it. And there wasn't many Eagle fans there. I mean, there was a smattering. They all stuck around towards the end. You, if you watch the post game with the ESPN crew, you know, there was, you know, a good a good representation. I would think it was probably one of the higher ones that the Chiefs ever see in their stadium. But it was still, you know, the Eagles usually have even more on, on the road. But this one with the Chiefs, it was a smattering of Eagle fans um, who were there. Uh, 
And uh, but otherwise, that place is is red everywhere, you know. And uh, uh, so, you know, kudos to the Chiefs fans because I do I do uh, appreciate their passion for the Chiefs. And I do remember it's not like this is a bandwagon fan base either because even when Marty Schottenheimer was there way back in the you know late eighties nineties, I remember watching Chiefs games and that place was always loud back then. So the Chiefs are legit fans. Is I guess what I'm saying. But resilience. The Eagles are resilient. And the, you know why are they resilient? Because their quarterback is that way. Right? As we get into uh, Jalen Hurts here now. So Hurts did not have a good game. You know, statistically, 150 yards passing, didn't throw a touchdown pass. Although, for some reason, I don't know why they didn't review the pass to Devontae Smith. I, I think that was a touchdown pass. Uh, I didn't get a chance. They never showed it in slow motion. But every time they showed replay it on the highlights or whatever, it looks like he's that's a touchdown. So I don't know how that was not a touchdown, but um, maybe his knee was down and he was touched, you know, before he rolled in. That must be it. Again, I didn't really see a slow motion play of it. But to me, every time I look at it, that looks like a touchdown. But the reason why I, I, it's of super importance to me is I lost my fantasy game this week because Devontae didn't score a touchdown. I have Devontae Smith. If he scored a touchdown, I would have won. So. <laughs> I'm a little bit, little bit uh, upset about that one. Um, so resilience. Jalen Hurts. If you looked at his face, because they, they did show him on the bench quite a bit through the game. Um, you know, in the first half, when he wasn't playing well and the Eagles were down, they showed his face very composed, just kind of like kind of sitting there, just looking at you know the uh, Microsoft pad and just kind of just looking at the game and, you know, just very blank face. You wouldn't know if he was at a funeral or uh, watching TV. I mean, it's Jalen Hurts, you know, second half. They just took the lead for the first time in the game to go 21 to, to seven. Or I guess it wasn't the first time in the game because the Eagles did have a, no, they didn't. I don't think that was the first time the Eagles had the lead in the game. They showed him again on the sideline. Same exact facial expression. Same exact one. Not a hint of a smile. Just all business. That is what you love about Jalen Hurts. He's not a guy that's going to put up big-ass numbers and be the put the highlight film stuff on the tape every single week. He can do that. We know that he's capable of putting up big numbers in big games. We know that he can do that. But week in, week out, he's not a big stats guy. He's never going to be a big stats guy. He's a guy, well, I mean, maybe later in his career when he gets, he becomes even better. You know, he'll maybe put up better stats. But, again, he, he doesn't care about that. He's not ever going to be that big stat guy and put big numbers up every single week. That's not his game. What we love about Jalen Hurts, what I've said about Hurts, even from the beginning when I was criticizing him about his um, you know, happy feet, running out of the pocket, those were some of the concerns I had. Reading defenses, that was another big concern I had. But it was never, it was never about his leadership. It was never about his, um, his heart and his will to work and his ability to be mentally strong and not be rattled. That was the hurts that I always 
praised and always talked about, you know, in a positive way as to why those are the type of intangibles you want in your quarterback. I just didn't know how good of a quarterback he would ever be in terms of developing into a good passer, developing into being able to read defenses, you know, developing his accuracy, developing his um, pocket awareness, things of that nature, which he has worked tremendously hard to do. That stuff doesn't come easy to Hurts. He doesn't have that natural type uh, ability. He doesn't have a strong arm. He's got an okay arm. A lot of times he, he underthrows his receivers. He underthrew the pass to Smith today. He doesn't have a strong arm. It's strong enough, but it's not strong. All right? He has to work on the actual physical part of the game. And he has. He's become a really good quarterback. His passing efficiency is good. He still throws the – now, the t- interception today that he threw was not his fault. Now, most of these interceptions earlier in this year were his fault except for the ones that were deflected. This one tonight was not his fault. It was A.J. Brown. A.J. Brown, as the they clearly demonstrated kudos to ESPN for explaining what happened on that play, if you watched it. Um, A.J. Brown decided on his own, because he had beaten the press coverage so easily, to run his own route and throw his hands in the air and go you know, run a post instead of a, a run, run a, more of an outside post than an inside post. He was supposed to run a post, but inside, cut inside. And that's where, of course, Hurts threw the, threw the ball because he did have a beat. Hurts saw he had a beat, threw it to where it was supposed to go, but A.J. Brown had his hand up in the air saying to throw it deep, you know, throw it up, up and out. And Hurts obviously threw it where he was supposed to be, and that's why he got picked. Because when you're looking at it, you know, at first glance when it happened, you're like, what the heck, where is he throwing the ball? And then they, again, kudos to ESPN for explaining exactly what happened on that play. And it was actually A.J. Brown who decided to alter the route mid-play, which you can't do as a wide receiver, you know, unless you have that built-in chemistry or whatever. You know that the play has that potential to, you know, let's say whatever the play was, that there's an option. The, the, the receiver could either go cut in or out. And then he does that. He, he determines which way he's going by giving the, the quarterback – a signal really normally it's pre-snap, so the quarter so the quarterback knows which route he's going to run. That didn't happen. AJ decided to do it as he was running the route, as the play was already live, alter it, and Jalen threw it where it was supposed to be. AJ decided to try to go deep, you know. So that was AJ faults. AJ Brown's fault, and it hurts. They they caught him on camera. Hertz talked to A.J. Brown on the sideline. They had kind of a, I don't know if I'd call it a heated discussion. The media loves to blow it up, making it sound like it's way more than it is. But they talked it out. You know, he basically was telling A.J., dude, you can't you can't do that. You know, and A.J. was wrong to do that. And uh, so, and ironically, I don't think A.J. was thrown to the rest of the game. So maybe Hertz was really trying to send a message like, dude, you can't be altering, you know, run the routes, as they're called, you know. Um, so I just did, did find it ironic. I don't think he really threw too much at all in the second half, uh, if at all, even. So resilience, I'm going to keep harping on that word. Okay. Uh, resilience and adjustment. Second half, the defense really stepped up. They really, especially the secondary, which has been much maligned 
because of all the changes, really not even their fault. Just was never never had like a consistent guys back there, especially in the slot cornerbacks position. It's been kind of a revolving door between the safeties and the and the third corner spot. Um, but uh, both of our safeties today came up huge. Uh, not the safeties, rather. One safety, Bayard, who is um, not looked in all impressive. Matt and I talked about it last podcast that he is needs to play better. You know, we have high expectations of him. He's a good player. Uh, he's a two-time All-Pro. So this guy, but he hasn't shown any of it yet. He hasn't even made, as Matt said, even one play yet that stands out. But that changed today. And that was after he got beat for the first uh, touchdown, too, by Kansas City. When, um, you know, there was some miscommunication and his guy, Watson, was wide open in the end zone. Uh, that was Bayard's guy. And he came off the coverage after a certain point and left them there. Only to come back in the second potential touchdown drive by Kansas City in the red zone and picked off Mahomes, which would have been, uh, you know, would, would have, you know, been seven more points. And, and he came out and made a huge interception. His first one is an eagle. Uh, so that was a huge, huge play to, uh, uh, you know, prevent uh, Kansas City from, from scoring anything. You know, the Eagles got the ball clearly after the pick. So, and then he played well the rest of the game, played well against the run, uh, made some other plays in, in pass defense. Uh, so, Bayard had his best game as an Eagle. You know, again, didn't start off great when he got, you know, beat on the uh, first touchdown. But uh, after that, you know, he he made some, he, that, that huge touchdown uh, preventing interception uh, was, uh, was a great, great play, huge play. And uh, and then he just played really well the rest of the game. So hats off to him. And then Roby coming back in his first real game. You know, he got injured in the only game he's played this year uh, with his shoulder. But he came back today and he made an amazing – he played well, number one. You know, Kelsey did not have that big of a game at all. Uh, he did have a touchdown on, on uh, what Sirianni was basically calling a pick play. I think it was – I don't think it was a pick. I do think they just did a good job of rubbing – uh, the uh, defender out, just, you know, give it enough time for Kelsey to get open. It's such a tricky call. I mean, I've seen that call as a pick before because the in- refereeing, the refereeing is so inconsistent in the league. But uh, regardless, I, I was okay with it not being called, really, honestly. So, uh, you know, glad they allowed it because I, I don't like ticky-tack penalties at all, which there were quite a few again in this game. But they didn't call it on that play, and I was okay with it, even though, you know, it cost the Eagles with the touchdown. Uh, so Kelsey did score there, um, but later in the game, in a, another critical drive inside the red zone, Roby comes up. Kelsey catches the ball like around the twelve yard line or so, and Roby comes in and punches the ball out of, of uh, from Kelsey, and he fumbles, and the Eagles recover. It's just a, a great aware uh, veteran type play by Roby, and that's what the Eagles have missed—the guy who's experienced in that third corner spot uh, and is able to. Uh, um, you know, to make a play, and he made a play. Uh, and Kelsey was uh, angered and upset and punched the punched the ground because uh, you know it was a big that's a, it was a big key turnover again. They turned the ball over twice in the red zone, and this is why the Eagles, you know, they could have easily been down like thirty to seven in this game. So the score even at halftime, I was happy they were only down by ten. I'm honest with you, I'm like Eagles are lucky they're only down by ten points. I was happy they're only down by 10. I'm like, you're in the game, in the game that really just shouldn't have been. They were so dominated in that first half. 
in every stretch of the game. Really, they really were. That that could have been a twenty-eight to seven, thirty-one to seven type of game at halftime. So the fact that it was seventeen-seven was, you know, kept the Eagles in the game. It really did. So we talked about Hurts and and why Hurts is Hurts. This is why this guy is just you know that he is a leader, and and the team is starting to take on Hurts' personality. This is what happens. With great quarterbacks, or really any quarterback, you got a quarterback that's not good and has a losing mentality, or, or just an attitude problem, or whatever. It's just uh, you know an all all me type of of quarterback, which there's been a lot of those guys in the league throughout the years. They're not winners. They may be great stat guys. They may be those guys, those type of players that put up 350 yards and four touchdowns. But when the game's on the line or you need to come back, when you face adversity, if you're playing in a hostile environment, all these elder elements and variables that uh, having a quarterback uh, and the mentality and the mental toughness of a quarterback, the guys like Jalen Hurts are the ones that come up on top at the end. That's just that's what's happened throughout the history of the NFL. Joe Montana never had a great arm. Mentally tough. It's tough as nails. That guy took a beating in the NFL, Joe Montana. For those of you who don't go back as far as as, as as I do, you know, that was a different era. That's when you could hit the quarterback, and he got hit a lot. Montana, Montana took a beating. He didn't have a great offensive line. He had a good offensive line. He didn't have a great one. He took hits, major hits, hits that now are flagged for unnecessary roughness or, you know, personal fouls. Those weren't personal fouls back when Montana played. He's mentally tough, though. Winning attitude. Never gave up. You were always in the game. Team took on his his mentality. Took on his persona. And this Eagles team is starting to take on Jalen Hurts' persona. Hurts never gets rattled. Hurts never shows that he's upset. Never shows when he's even happy, really. He'll do his pregame pump-ups, you know, in his speeches, and afterwards he'll do it. During the game, <clears throat> excuse me, Jalen Hurts is all business. It's all business with Hurts. They're down 20 points. If they're up 20 points, his facial expressions, his demeanor, exactly the same. If you checked his pulse rate, I bet you would be exactly the same. He just does not get rattled. And he doesn't get too, you know, too juiced up. If they're winning by a lot or whatever, he's just all business, flatline the entire game. And he never gives up. And he never gets down. And he 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 perseveres. He's resilient. And this team has taken on Jalen Hurts' persona. So it's been a very interesting um, development, I think, that's happening. The This Eagles team is starting to really uh, take on the persona of Jalen Hurts. And I say it's interesting, not because I've never seen it before, because I said this is what kind of happens with, with true leaders and good quarterbacks. The team takes on the persona of the quarterback. Sometimes the coach, too. Sometimes coach and quarterback. And I don't want to say, you know, Again, I think Sirianni is very resilient. 
I think he says the right things. He builds this team and talks about being resilient, dog mentality. He hits on those notes every single week. He's very consistent. One game mentality. Dog mentality. We play for the one week. We don't look ahead. We don't look in the past. Next week. Next man up. Dog mentality. You hear from that from Seriani every single week. That's his message. Connectivity. You know, connect. He likes he wants his team to connect. Everybody connected. That's Seriani's game. It's a great, it's a great philosophy. And saw a stat today that uh, you know I'll, I'll shout out Ruben Frank because he's the one who who mentioned this. Since Sirianni's you know flowers and seed speech, the one that he got kind of ridiculed in the media about when he was talking about planting seeds and seeds obviously growing to flowers and so forth and so on. Since Sirianni has made that speech, do you want to know what the Eagles' record is? Thirty and six. 30 and 6 since he gave that speech. 30 and 6. Think about that. That was an amazing stat that uh, Ruben brought up. That's as, as impressive as it gets, folks. Now, would have been nice to have the Super Bowl to go along with that stat. We almost had it. Maybe we'll get it this year. But regardless, 30 and 6 record. Since he gave that speech. So hats off to Sirianni. Devontae Smith. They really did a good job shutting A.J. Brown down today. When that happens, you need your number two. And we all know Smith has the capability of being number one. Could be number one on, on many other teams in the league. Smith stepped up. And uh, made some really big catches. Big third down catches. Drive saving catches. And obviously... What I still think should have been a touchdown catch, but the big, huge play down the right sideline, they got the ball to the uh, basically to the goal line, and then the Eagles uh, brotherly shoved it in. Big game by Devontae Smith. Love that guy. Um, also, let's talk about the guy who was the only one, the only player on the entire field that showed up in the first half was DeAndre Swift. We've been waiting for DeAndre Swift to break out again. He's really been quiet the last several weeks, several games. And he he was huge. Running the ball, receiving the ball. He had some really big re- receptions and runs after the catch. Uh, ran the ball well. Uh, he was the only one that showed up at all in the first half. Um, so great. It was great to see Swift back. They got to use them more. And finally, something that I've been preaching, as you know, in this podcast for several weeks now. I've been talking about why do they keep putting Kenny Gainwell in the freaking red zone offense? Well, guess what they did this today? It wasn't Kenny Gainwell in there in the red zone. It was Swift. Guess what? They scored a touchdown. So I don't know why it took weeks and weeks and weeks for the Eagles to figure that out and just keep Smith in the game in the red zone. I know you got to spot him. I know you got to, you know, give Gainwell, give him some breathers. But I said, use Scott too. That's the other thing I said. I said, start using Scott. Why is it going to be Gainwell all the time? Well, guess what? We saw Boston Scott get some carries tonight, sprinkled in throughout the game. 
So I don't know if Sirianni's listening to this podcast. If you are, how's it going, Nick? Good job tonight. Uh, and if you are, well, thanks for listening. Glad to contribute to your strategy. Now, listen, I'm not. I know Sirianni's not listening to this podcast, but I guess you never know. You never know. But uh, either way, it's what I was hoping that the Eagles would start doing and did it tonight. So it was good to see. Um, now, Scandling and Ken had the big drop. You know, Eagles, I mean, uh, the Chiefs could have very easily came back and won this game if he had caught that ball with a minute left in the game. Uh, that was a huge drop. And no doubt most receivers are going to make that catch. But as I said, I didn't want the Eagles. I didn't want Kelsey beating the Eagles. I was willing to double cover, triple cover, whatever, not let him in that final drive beat the Eagles. You don't want to lose to the guy that is their best player. And it sounds like Desai did that because Mahomes did not go to him too much. He did a couple times, but again, they were very short passes. And uh, so I think the Eagles did that. I think they must have been really focused on not letting getting beat by Kelsey. And hey, if you're going to get lose this game, then one of these other guys are going to have to beat you. And guess what? The guy did beat Roby, I think it was, up the middle, and uh, was open, definitely wide open. And uh, Mahomes put a one right in his hands, right in his hands, and he dropped it. So a little bit of luck, a little bit of luck in this one. But you know what? The way the Eagles played, they deserve to get some luck, break their way. And when you uh, hang in there, you know, you force teams to make plays. And the Chiefs couldn't make that play. He dropped it. It wasn't Mahomes' fault. He put it right there. But Mahomes also had some, uh, because of some pressures, he overthrew some passes. And uh, they just kept the Eagles hanging around in this game. Kept them hanging around. And the Eagles took advantage of it. They came back and got a win on the road. Huge win. And you know that that win tonight pissed off Cowboy fans and Lions fans and Seattle fans and 49er fans. All those teams, I'm sure, were thinking the Eagles aren't going to win. Tonight, we're going to catch. We're going to pick up a game on the Eagles. They're not going to go into Kansas City and win that game. You know they were saying that. Well, guess what, folks? The Eagles are now 9-1. and one. And now face a Bills team that did get a win, a pretty impressive win last week, but they're not playing well. They're not playing well. Bills are very beatable, much more beatable than I thought when I made my predictions. Like this is one of the predictions that I'm going to be changing this year, or this, not this year, but this uh, during the season. I've stuck to all my predictions so far. I haven't changed any of them. I'm changing my next one. I had them losing to the Bills. We're going to talk about that obviously in the pregame, but I'll give you a little bit of a, of a uh, spoiler, I'm going to be changing my pick. I think the Eagles will now beat the Bills. So uh, I don't want to get too carried away. Maybe my thoughts will change back between now and I, the time I do the pregame on uh, Thursday or Friday. Which, by the way, while I'm talking about that, I apologize to you, the audience, because I did say that I was going to get a full pregame podcast out, even though I had a very busy week, which I also mentioned. Uh, my, uh, I did really fully intend to have a, uh, a preview podcast of the Chiefs-Eagles game. 
but was unable to do so. I, had a, I was gone all weekend, and Friday I really needed that day to prep for uh, one of the shows that I did over the weekend. And um, I had just done the podcast with Matt on Wednesday, and we did talk at the very end about uh, give you a quick preview, uh, gave Matt's prediction of it and uh, uh, of the game, and um, and I did say that I would give a you know I would give my final prediction um, in the preview podcast, but unfortunately I was not able to to do that preview podcast. So apologize for those of you who were uh, looking forward to that, uh, and uh, I, I truly apologize I wasn't able to do it. I really intended to do it, but. Um, sometimes, you know, life takes over and, uh, I needed to, uh, take care of some of the things. And so, um, you know, wasn't able to get that preview podcast in. So I didn't feel too badly about it. Cause I knew again, I had Matt on earlier mid middle week and, uh, we kind of talked a little bit about the chief. So, um, but nevertheless, uh, uh, thanks for sticking with me here. Uh, and we get to talk about an Eagles win, which, um, which is a really, really, really big win here against the Chiefs. There's no ifs, ands, or buts about it. This was a huge, huge win. Makes up for the Jets' loss, in my opinion. You know, that was a game the Eagles should never lost. I knew they needed to swipe a game here. And one of these ones that I, I thought that they would probably lose, they've now done that. They're 9-1 and one on the season. Again, going against the Bills uh, coming up here on Sunday at home. This is going to be the second game, by the way, that the Eagles will be breaking out. They're Kelly Greens, so uh, and they're at home against the Bills. So uh, now J- Josh Allen is a, g- a guy who can obviously have a huge game because he's that good. He hasn't been playing all that great, um, but he's capable, as we know, of putting up a huge game. So uh, the Eagles going to have to, you know, it's going to be another tough game. You know, this is this is the this is the gauntlet. This is the stretch of games that we knew and circled that knew this was going to be. You know, some tough treading. But listen, we've already beat Dallas. That was the first tough game. And now we beat Kansas City on the road. So this is uh, this is looking pretty damn good. Looking very impressive. Uh, so good job by the Eagles tonight. It was, it was a huge win. This was just a really, really good win. Um, and I'm with the Eagles, too. This has nothing to do about revenge. There's nothing that the Eagles could have done tonight that is going to take away a loss to them in the Super Bowl. They're not gonna the Chiefs aren't gonna give their rings back. All right. So this was no revenge game. But it is a game that is that showed that the Eagles can compete with this team. And it's also more importantly a win to bring them to nine and one and stay ahead of teams like Detroit, especially. Because I think again, I think that's the biggest threat to the Eagles. Not in terms of you know playing head to head. I think the Eagles will beat Detroit wherever they got to play them. But you want the Eagles to get the, the home field advantage throughout the playoffs in the number one seed. And I think Detroit Lions are the toughest uh, or are, are the biggest threat uh, to the Eagles for that position, as I talked about in the last podcast. So, uh, listen, thank you very much for tuning in to Philadelphia Eagles Talk with Jeff. Nine and one Eagles fans. you got to be happy with that. This was a huge, huge win tonight by the Eagles. Hope you enjoyed it. Thank you for listening as always. Make sure you like, subscribe. Follow the podcast, share the podcast with your friends. I really appreciate it. And uh, until next time, we'll be uh, back on later this week to talk about the Buffalo Bills. Until then, 91, fly, go fly. Take care, everyone. We'll see you again.